0: Good afternoon. Welcome to Inside Indiana Sports with Kent Sterling. We're brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry, 317-849-2933. If you want the best dentist in the world. If you don't, I can't help you. But if you want the best, there he is. Let's talk about sports. Victor Oladipo, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? He said yesterday during a immediate availability that he's still evaluating his knees. But what we've heard is he's also evaluating how much he would like to have $3 million in his pocket. The Indiana Pacers told Oladipo that they planned on paying him whether he played or not in Orlando for those last eight regular season games. The NBA said, wait a minute, we can't have healthy scratches, and so we don't believe that Oladipo should get his money. The NBPA, the Players Association, they said, well, hold on here, what are we doing? I mean, this, this thing is unprecedented. Wait, this is a guy has battled back from a surgically repaired quad tendon uh, rupture and you got the coronavirus too. We, we can't pay this guy. So anyway, there's a dispute about whether Victor Oladipo is going to get paid. As soon as that dispute kind of occurred and was reported, all of a sudden Victor Oladipo started hedging his bets and saying that maybe he was going to play. What he had said earlier is that he didn't want to risk re-injury. He's headed into a uh, season the one prior to him becoming a free agent. And this is the most important season for him to stay uh, ambulatory and healthy in the 2021 season. If he doesn't, that is going to affect his bottom line in a massive way. He stands to sign a deal worth well over $100 million, all of it guaranteed. So I get that. If he doesn't want to play because he doesn't want to kind of put at risk his free agent contract, that extension that is going to pay him more money than he's ever going to make the rest of his career and the rest of his life, I totally get it. But now he's talking about $3 million. It, you know, and, and he said yesterday to a question asked by ESPN's Rachel Nichols, he said he's just worried about his knee. He said he can't control all the money stuff. He doesn't even know how much money he's due. When people say, I don't know how much money I'm due, that's a red light. Is it not? It's a red flag. We say, hey, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. You know what? Even an idiot like me, who isn't always great at counting his money and understanding how much money he has in his pocket at any given moment, I know how much money I'm due. And I know and I don't get it. Victor Oladipo, when he said that, you understood that it was all about the money with Vic or he wouldn't have said that because nobody says that. Victor protested too much. And so he let us know that where his heart lies is where his wallet is at. And he wants that $3 million or close to $3 million. What he should be very, very focused on is free agency in 2020, 2021. That year prior to him becoming a free agent next off season, that is of critical importance. Him coming back healthy for that season is, should be absolutely tantamount in his mind. Uh, Victor Oladipo, when, when he's not being uh, entirely honest, what he does is he talks in weird phraseology. He, he'll say things like, and he'll repeat the same phrase over and over again. Try, I don't know whether he's trying to get to a length of a, a soundbite or what he's trying to do, but he'll say things again and again and again and again and again. Like, you know, at the end of the day, he uses that phrase all the time. Yesterday with Rachel uh, Nichols, during the answer to that question, Rachel's question about what was kind of the motivator for Vic in his potential return, where Vic went is, that's out of my control. That's out of my control. I'm worried about my knee. I I want to play, but it's my knee. It's out of control. The financials, I don't know how much I'm due. I don't know how much I'm due. All the telltale signs of a guy who's playing fast and loose with the truth, Victor, guilty yesterday, of obfuscation, which means he said words that didn't mean a damn thing. Let's talk about uh, Jonathan, um, Jonathan Kaminga, the fourth ranked basketball player in the class of 2020. Jonathan is going to skip college altogether, it was announced, and he's going to go to the G League. So I wrote about this at com and at my Substack site about what this is going to mean for college basketball. Kaminga is really really good. 6-8, great athleticism, all of that stuff, but nobody knows who the hell he is. And so all of the all of the pro NBA guys, all of the guys who follow the pro game and really don't have a lot of respect for the college game, when a kid decides to do this, jump to the G League, they all yell and scream, college basketball is doomed. The G League's going to have all the stars. The G League is going to have uh um this kid Kaminga for a year and then he's going to go into the draft and he's going to be drafted if he's worth a damn. There are four guys who are going straight to the G League out of this recruiting class. Those four guys, we don't know who they are. You don't know who they are. I don't know who they are. I know their names but I don't know who they are. I don't know what they're good at. They built no brand value. If they played uh, an event at the Best Choice House up in Fishers 200 people would be in the gym, and that would include family and friends. These guys are not brands right now. They are not Zion Williamson after his freshman year at Duke. Going into his freshman year, who knew about Zion Williamson? Not very many guys, right? There weren't many college basketball fans or pro basketball fans who knew a hell of a lot about Zion Williamson before he got to Duke, and he started doing really, really unusual things with his body and with the basketball. And at that point... We understood that Zion is a unique talent and maybe a generational talent. We get that now. These guys jumping past college into the G League for up to a half million dollars a year, they want to get paid. And I don't blame them for wanting to get paid. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with Kaminga going to the G League and playing in Portland, Maine or Grand Rapids, Michigan or Fort Wayne, Indiana or Canton, Ohio or any of the other outposts that have a G League franchise. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Their decision is theirs, and that's fine. Going for the short cash on their way to the draft and building their game as a full-time job rather than, you know, worrying about education and college life and all of that stuff. You know what? You want to do That wouldn't be my choice, but you want to do that, that's absolutely fine. This is not to denigrate the guys making that decision. I believe in that decision, okay? But college basketball isn't going to be hurt by Kaminga going, co- going to the G League. Assembly Hall is not going to be less full. Mackey Arena is not going to be less full. Hinkle Fieldhouse is not going to be less full. The Yum Center is not going to be less full. Rupp Arena is not going to be less full because Jonathan Kaminga has decided to put some money in his pocket rather than attend a well-branded college for his year, and by the way, the schools that he declined to attend in uh in favor of the G league, Texas Tech, where his brother goes, and he says he would have gone to play with his brother at Texas Tech, Auburn, Kentucky and Duke, which you get A, one and done guys are always going to have Kentucky and Duke on their list, and that's just the way it is. College basketball is about the name on the front of the jersey. It's not about the name on the back. The NBA is all about the name on the back. you got LeBron fans, right? If LeBron played for the Spurs or the Rockets or uh, the Blazers or any other team, the Kings, the Pacers, they would sell a ton of jerseys because of LeBron fans everywhere. LeBron fans had Cavs jerseys. Then they had Heat jerseys. Then they had Cavs jerseys again after they burned him when he went to Miami. Now, they've got Lakers jerseys, LeBron fans. You've got Anthony Davis fans. You've got uh, Harden fans, right? You've got Westbrook fans. You've got Antetokounmpo fans. You've got fans of stars. It doesn't matter really where they play. The NBA made a conscious decision during the 1980s. They were going to market around stars. They had Jordan, they had Bird, they had Magic, they had Kareem. They had all these stars. It made nothing but sense market those guys. College is different because nobody plays more than their four seasons of eligibility. That's it. You get four years to be eligible. And and maybe you can stretch those four over the course of five and in some limited cases, six, but you get to play four full years. So players are constantly cycling out. Coaches aren't. So you market around coaches and you market around the school because the most important thing in marketing college basketball is the tether between the fan and the institution. I went to Indiana University. I spent six years on that campus. I love Indiana basketball as a result. If I had gone to Louisville, I would love Louisville basketball. If I had gone to Butler, I would love Butler basketball. It doesn't matter. The quality of play is not the thing. It's the tether to the university. And it's also the coach to a lesser extent. You market the coach. Archie Miller, you market him. Matt Painter, you market him. Kay, you market him. Wright Cal, you market him. That's the way it works. Chris Mack, that's college basketball. These guys who are taking the short cash to build their game and get paid to play, they are going to play. This is uh, the G League's own statistic. Uh, G League's average attendance last year for a game, 2,465 people. That's roughly what Lawrence North High School puts in its gym on Friday and Saturday nights during the winter, okay? There are some schools that draw more. When Romeo Langford was playing down at New Albany, New Albany was regularly putting 4,500 people to capacity in their gym, and there were people outside who wanted to get in. All right, the G League, from an attendance perspective, is somewhere near, uh, they would be somewhere in the top 10 in Marion County average attendance. That's where these guys are going. This is no place to build a brand. You go to Duke, you go, go to Kentucky, you go to Indiana to help build your brand. You go to UCLA, you go to, I don't know, Kansas, I guess, to an extent, to build your brand. You want cash? You go to the G League. You want to build your game? Go to the G League. Not a bad idea either. College basketball is going to be just fine. Let's talk about the Marquee Network. Okay, the Marquee Network is owned by the Chicago Cubs. The Cubs decided to launch their own network. And and so that network is now on my TV, on Hulu TV. You get Hulu Live, you get the Marquee Network. If you get I think DirecTV's got the marquee network. I think AT&T's got the marquee network. YouTube TV does not. Comcast does not. So you can't watch Cubs games. The collar programming, I always wondered what they would do. They play all-time great games. This afternoon, I watched while I was writing. I watched the Cubs play the Phillies. It was the opening day, opening game from the 1989 season, which I remember fondly. That was great watching Andre Dawson tomahawk a home run uh, into the left field bleachers, watching Ryan Sandberg hit a double down the left field line, watching Mike Schmidt for the Phillies hit a home run. It was just great. I love it. I love the Marquee Network, and I love Hulu Live. There are two problems with Hulu Live. One is that with Hulu Live, you do not get a good guide-type interface like you do with YouTube TV. YouTube TV – You could manipulate your guide to reflect your taste. What you wanted, the networks that you wanted to look at, you would put at the top. Hulu TV's got a thing called, I think it's called My Channels. And okay, but you can't order them in any way. And they do it alphabetically. But from a sports perspective, picture perspective, sound perspective, uh, a lot of perspectives, including the addition of the marquee network, I'm in with Hulu TV. My son, he finally talked me into it. My son's always ahead of the curve when it comes to these things, and he was in this case. The Cubs, in scrimmages, I've seen two of them. The pitching with Hendricks and Darvish looked really good the other night. Then yesterday, the pitching with Chatwood and Mills did not look so good. Wilson Contreras looks unbelievable. He's hitting bombs every day. Tomorrow morning, breakfast with Kent. 8 o'clock on Facebook Live, and then immediately thereafter on Periscope and Twitter. I cannot wait to talk to you then. Brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best dentist. Swear to you, best dentist I've ever gone to. Only dentist I've gone to the last 26 years. His entire team, fantastic. I was in the office today doing a little bit of business. They cheery, grins, happiness. That's what you get there. You get Dental Genius. And you get happiness. What What the hell more do you want out of a... Uh, although I got to tell you, a person there, I was wearing this shirt. It's kind of a small shirt, all right? And uh, she goes, hey, you got booby titties. I said, booby titties? What? She goes, yeah, that shirt's too tight. Well, what are you going to do? I like the shirt, so it's a little bit tight. What are you going to do? Anyway, breakfast with Ken tomorrow morning. I'll talk to you then. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect.